inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Boy, I'm wanting to talk about fear today, and boy, everything seems to be stopping me. This is the battle we're in. And today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to talk about this thing called fear. Because you know what I would fear today? Having a good connection. And I was on the radio a half hour before and talking to my uh, guy, my everything. And yet here we are. But see, this is life. There's only so much we can control. You can't control that stuff which you can't control. Uh, Dr. Covey used to talk about the circles. There's a circle of concern and the circle of influence. And our focus must be on those things that concern us and those things that we can change. And you know, the attack of the airwaves really makes point of what we're going to talk about today. And today, I want to talk about this thing called fear. You know, there are something like 1,400 known ailments alone tied to this thing called fear. Fear, I love to say, is an acronym. It's false evidence appearing real. And today, I want you to put on your scuba gear, man, because uh, I'm going to unpack this thing called fear. It has so much power, so much control over so many people and situations. And yet, our daddy, Abba, the father, tells us we were not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sound mind. Think about that. He says, but a spirit of sound mind. That's what we've been given. Fear seems to be a cudgel in today's emotionally unintelligent world, and it's important to understand ourselves, to understand others, and decide where does this devil called fear come from? And so today, I want to talk about the purposeful use of fear. Now, I know that sounds interesting, doesn't it? But a friend of mine, Michael, I was up in Arkansas with my good friend Michael. Uh, We're going to be doing some business together. And he said one of his favorite pastors uh, after, uh, I think it was September 11th or maybe it was after the pandemic or during, He said, he kept hearing this thing about terrorists, and he wanted to find the word terrorist. And they came down to a terrorist as someone that has the purposeful use of fear. And fear controls a lot of us. And today, we're going to be talking about one of those greatest fears. First, let me share a poem. A good friend of mine, Larry, a guy I go to Sturgis with every year to the bike wash, he wrote this poem on Facebook, and I thought I'd kick off the show with it. He says, My heart cries out through tears as I question and I fear. For those I love, have I shown love like Jesus did? Did I show pride or did I live like Jesus did? Did I care enough to give? Did I show light in how I live? Did I leave stepping stones behind to show another how to live like Jesus did? If I fight long enough, stand strong enough, does it make the wrong all right? 
Can I live good enough, run from sin enough to shine through the darkest night? If I share love enough, show I care enough, even give my very life, will it change anything? Can I do anything to make the world love Christ? And his, this poem was put on Facebook. And I replied with a post. I said, beautiful, enough. I get tired of not being enough. Then I must be reminded that Jesus is more than enough. And you know why I love this poem? The poem is about being enough. Enough. About being enough. And see, we live in a world that wants to divide us. We live in a country that is divisive, that racism is now promoted as long as it's the right type of racism, that you're to hate people who think different. If people don't get the shot you think they should get, if they don't vote the way you think they should vote, if they don't uh, like the same memes that you think they should like, then all of a sudden we hate them. We want to destroy them, and they're against us. They're, they're an enemy. Uh, there's a race war. See, but we are far more similar than we are different. This is what we got to get. We're living, breathing human beings, and there's one race, the human race, and we all bleed the same. We all have a body that has a 120-year lifespan that will be worm food someday. We all have a brain that has unlimited plasticity, but atrophy demands that if we don't use it, we will lose it. And many are losing their minds today. We are not our body and we are not our brain. Our true self is the spirit that occupies that body and that uses that brain. And this is where we get the understanding of mind and soul. 99.89% of our DNA is identical. Think about that. We are 99.9% the same. We have roughly 3 billion genetic pairs that create all of our features. So still one-tenth of 1% 1 is still like 3 million pairs that make up all the difference. But think about this. We all come from the same God goo. And we're all far more similar than we are different. We don't need justice. We need understanding. We need mercy. We need grace. And it needs to start with us because the war is in our head. Between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. What are we holding on to? What are we remembering? And why does it matter? And today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to explain to you why it matters. See, we are all living, breathing human beings. We all want to love and be loved. We all want to know we matter. We all want to provide for our family. We all want to be safe. We all want to know we are special. We want to know we are more than enough. And that's why I love this poem. The poem illustrates that we fear. One of the greatest fears there is is not being enough. And these fears are generated by belief systems. And these fears generate other belief systems. And these belief systems are created and reinforced by our thoughts. Remember, what is thinking? It's talking to ourselves. In the study of epigenetics, we now know that we have roughly 16 to 18,000 thoughts per day. And as Dr. Caroline Leaf said, man can live about 40 days without food, 
about three days without water, about three minutes without air, but can't go three seconds without thinking. And that's what her book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, that's what she's talking about. And she talks about success and happiness. But the key is what's happening between the stimulus and the response. Remember, our mind is six times faster than we can think. Why? Because when someone says something or does something, we don't respond immediately to that. We go to what we know. We go to what we've held on to. And we see things from our past, or we say things from our past, or we feel things from our past. And then based on that, we respond. So these two words, these nominations called success and happiness, they are self-defined. They are defined by the user. And the key is we must define these words. I'm going to tell you right now that we cannot have success and we cannot have happiness until... We have peace within, and peace within always requires good mind management. So today, we're going to talk about the purposeful purposeful use of fear, what you might call a terrorist. And we might consider who is the greatest terrorist in our life. I'm going to tell you after the break, and you're going to be surprised. I'll be right back. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Today I'm posing the question, have you ever been afraid of saying the wrong thing? Have you ever been afraid of liking the wrong meme? Have you ever been afraid to comment on something on social media? Have you ever been bothered by what's going on but afraid to say anything? Did you get vaccinated because everybody else did? Do you agree with things even though you don't really agree with them? Because you want to belong? Because you want to be liked? Because we all need people? See, this is what happens. And I have a saying, and I don't say it as much as I used to because I'm, I'm cleaning up my stinking thinking, but the saying is this. I met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. If other people said and did to us what we say and do to ourselves, we'd never tolerate them. You know, this is the key. you got to realize that one of the greatest fears is about being enough. You know, I counsel a lot. 
And I was talking to a guy yesterday and said, you know, well, hey, I was, you know, went through the class and all that, and he was looking for some one-on-one time with me. And I told him, uh, you know, some things. I said, man, you're, you're, you're a connector by trade. You know how to connect. You're a networker. You build rapport with people. But the problem is you're so have a wanting to be perfect and need to be perfect that you're so busy connecting with people that you're, you're, you're slowing down the process. So you're going in your head, you're processing three or four ways to do something when someone says something, and what you want to do is get it just right. But what it's causing is a disconnect, which is actually taken away from his desire to connect with people. And he's so busy, like Paul, being all things to all people. And he's a good guy. Please don't hear anything bad. He's a good guy. There's nothing nefarious on here. But he's so busy being everything to everybody, saying just the right thing at the right time. That I said, it's like Rich Little. He goes, what do you mean, Rich Little? I go, do you know who Rich Little is? He goes, no, he's a younger guy in his 30s, probably. And I said, well, for people my age and my parents, we, they listen to Rich Little. He, he's, a, he, he's a guy that did, you know, he did everybody else's voice, right? He did everybody else's voice. But to this day, I don't know what Rich Little sounds like. He's so busy being everybody else, and he can, you know, he copies everybody else's voice and does everybody else's sounds. But what does the real Rich Little sound like? And we're constantly running around wanting to be who we think we're supposed to be. Notice I said that, who we think we're supposed to be to please everybody else. Then who's the real you? And at one point I asked him, he goes, that's why I was kind of disconnected a little bit in class. And because I was, I was wanting to be authentic. I wanted to be real. I wanted to pay homage and respect to you and your training. And I said, but just stop for a moment. I said, just take a look at this. If you had to work so hard to be the real you, you might want to take a look at that. Because you're so busy being everybody else to everybody else that what's the real you? And when it takes you a long time to just be you, there's some things to take a look at. There's some things to work on. See, it's about these two words, success and happiness. Both of those words are what we call generalizations. And inside the category of generalizations is a category of words I like to talk about on a regular basis called nominalizations. Nominalizations. And what difference in nominalization from the rest a group of generalizations is it said that you cannot put a nominalization in a wheelbarrow. And both success and happiness are nominalizations. You cannot put them in a wheelbarrow. Remember I told you a story of 100, and we did this in the insurance business. You line up 100 people, 25 years old, and you ask them 40 years from now when you're 65, will you be successful? Yes is the answer. Now, someone should have said it had each one of them define what is your definition of success. Because if you don't know where you're going, then how do you know when you're getting there, right? Or, you know, Alice in Wonderland, she's, you know, she's in the looking glass and she comes upon the Cheshire cat, you know, El Gato, the little smile appears. And she asks that cat a simple question. Which one of these roads do I take? Because Alice had come to a fork in the road in the looking glass. And the the cat responded Socratically with a question. And that question was, well, where are you going, Alice? And Alice responded, I don't know. Then these wise words for a talking cat, then any road will take you there. And I had to stop and rewind that. What did that cat just say? That cat just said, when you don't know where you're going, then any road will take you there. And here's the problem. Misery loves company. And when we're angry and miserable and bitter, 
we have to find somebody to point it to. You got to have a boogeyman. And whether you like it or not, whether you like him or not, the world gave you a boogeyman. He's an orange man. He was president for four years. And for five years, they've been working to destroy him. Actually, for eight years now, they've been working to destroy him. And for some people, that is success, destroying Donald Trump. For some people, I've seen it, that I won't be happy until Donald Trump is in jail. Like, wow, what a small life. Do you really base your life on someone else's demise? Just stop for a moment. Forget the politics. This isn't political. This is moral. I don't care what name you put there. Put Joe Biden there. Put Hunter Biden there. Put whoever you want there. Put Barnabas there. Put Judas there. If your success in life is predicated on the failure of somebody else, you might want to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and read about how you have no love. And if you have no love, you have no God. And if you have no love and no God, you probably shouldn't be listening to this radio show. Caroline Leaf said this, success and happiness. She said there's a desperate need to teach people of all ages how to define their own success and happiness by managing day-to-day life in a sustainable way. We need to go beyond motivational catchphrases, mindfulness, medications, and pursuing happiness in an individualistic way to a deeper, more sustainable understanding of mind management. She goes on to say, we need to develop our sense of spirit. The resilient self-awareness that embodies our truth, values, beliefs, values, passions, meaning. She said this isn't a motivational speech, but this is more than possible. She says, I've observed time and time again how people have been taught to tune into their non-conscious mind, to manage their thought life and detox and build the brain, directing their neuroplasticity on a daily basis, are better able to navigate the ups and downs of life because they have a sense of control, which gives them hope. And you know what she calls hope? The pathway to empowerment. They embrace the process through situations. They see the light at the end through their tears and pain. They get forward momentum. They define their own path to success, notwithstanding societal constraints, physical impediments, or past traumas. Can I get an amen? Right? And it was Hal Lindsey that said the quote that was amended by Dr. Leaf. And the original quote by Hal Lindsey was, man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air, but only for one second without hope. And this is what you got to realize, that hope is a mindset. Right now, there's depression that's killing this world. It's killing America, killing our kids. You look at all these transgender youth. And you look at their suicide rate, it's like 20% higher, 20 times higher, I'm sorry. There's this movie right out right now that uh, 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 the theater company pulled about all these people that are detransitioning. And AMC won't show it. Because today, if you don't think the right way and, and go along with everybody, and why does that matter? Because Dr. Carolyn Leaf says this. 
In her clinical trial, she said, we observed that millennials in the study appeared to be far worse when it came to dealing with stress compared to other generations. Listen, she said, her analysis of the data showed that this age group is particularly susceptible to the effects of unmanaged chronic toxic stress and acute stress. There appears to be a correlation between the negative effects of toxic stress and the potential lack of mind management with all demographics. But she said millennials were especially suffering. She says, why? She says, uncontrolled toxic thinking has the potential to create a state of low-grade inflammation across the body and brain, affecting cortisol levels, hormones, brain functionality, and even telomeres on the chromosomes, as we discussed earlier. She says, this creates a toxic feedback loop between the mind and the brain and body, activating the hamster wheel of toxic thinking, feeling, and choosing. It's incredible. She said there's a variety of factors that this could be going on, but she said a few are highly competitive work and living environments. And she said this, parenthetically, without the opportunities previous generations had and with little hope for the future. Did you hear that? Millennials are believe that they don't have the opportunities of previous generations and have little hope for the future. That's why all this negativity by the Biden administration, it's destroying people, whether you agree with it or not. She says extreme living costs, uneven wealth distribution, increased isolation, and a narrow focus on what they don't have alongside, listen, the desire for instant gratification. Listen, due in large part to social media which may also be causing more issues with self-esteem and increased self-contempt. She says, in fact, the instant universe that social media has created, which allows us to share information in lightning speeds without necessarily utilizing the tools and the knowledge. See, we are amassing information, but we're losing the ability to utilize it with tools and knowledge. Unrealized expectations among people of all ages are making millennials unhappier and more anxious. It's getting worse and worse. We've got to realize the battles in the mind. Each individual frame in our mind is a thought with thousands of embedded memories. And this is the fear. We abuse ourselves. We remind ourselves how we're not enough, how we're not good enough, how we can't handle this. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, fear of fitting in, fear of being enough. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the purposeful use of fear. And today I'm going to suggest that we need to stop using it not only on others, but the time is now to give ourselves some freedom and forgiveness. After the break, I'm going to break this down for you. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life and this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith and that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing and I just, I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night, you know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for for me right yeah. now, and you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's 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 really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. That's okay. But it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. 
Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio like it matters. If you're confused, lost, lonely, or feel like you're living in a foreign land, you are not alone. This is Scott B. Black, host of Like It Matters Radio. It's this crisis that created Like It Matters Radio in 2015. God charged me to bring hope to the airwaves by bringing clarity to the confusion and to help guide people to function at a higher level. We bring truth therapy and we need your help. Like It Matters Radio is now available to radio stations across this country. We need Like It Matters Radio in all 50 states and here's what you can do to help. Please call the program manager of your local radio station. Ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. It doesn't cost them anything and will add value to their station lineup. If you have questions, you can email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. Our nation needs to hear this message because our beloved country is rapidly deteriorating and freedom is continually being quenched. Call your local radio station today and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio. Together, we can help others live their lives like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. And today, we're talking about the purposeful use of fear. And you know, fear is a cudgel. Uh, Man, it affects us at a deep level. And I want you to know there are three zones in life. There's the comfort zone. If you want to draw just three circles, kind of like a bullseye. You know how you do a, if you ever play darts, you, know, you got the circles. So there's three circles. The inner circle is a zone called comfort. Outside of that circle is a zone called fear. And outside of that is a zone called panic. And one of the keys to life is to continue to push our comfort zone. See, fear is a liar. A fear wants to accuse us. Fear is that voice in our head. When I tune into the voice in my head, I ask myself, Is that me? Is that God? Or is that my enemy? Because only one of the three has any value. And it's God. But yet, I I hear that voice in my head that's been in there since I've been a little kid. Remember, by the time a child is five years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. And I've been cleaning up my life for, man, about 40 years. Really hardcore, about 35. But there's still stuff. I went to Arkansas last week. I realized I've been in the valley for about 12 years. And I realized there's been some stuff coming out of me that had some deep seeds that aren't healthy. You know, Jesus talked about the sower and the seeds. And he said he spread seed out. And there's four types of soil. Some it sprouted up, but it didn't last. Some it never sprouted up because there was no depth. Some it sprouted up, but it was choked out by weeds, which represent the worry. And the other was a good soil, and it produced a hundred times. You know, that's our heart. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the Word of God, a Like It Matters leadership training, uh, the sermon on Sunday, what your dad's telling you, or what your husband or wife's telling you. You know, it's all about the heart. How pliable is your heart? How open is your heart? But here's the problem. A lot of us, we keep our pound of flesh. We keep our record wrong. And then we get stuck in our comfort zone. See, our comfort zone, even though it seems like that's the destination everybody wants, I'm telling you right now, it's a lie. You know, Irma Bombeck used to say the grass is greener on the other side. I think she wrote a book about that. We always think things are always better over there. But once we get to over there, we realize over here was a lot better than over there. Right? When you beg God for what you want and you get it, and then you realize that's not what you want, that's all you got. 
See, this is why we're called to have discernment. We're called to process. We're not just called to take everything at will. You should always question everything I tell. Google it. Check it against the Word of God. Science has always been about questioning. And yet now we live in a time where they tell you to follow the political science and don't question anything. That's the basis of science is to question everything. So that statement right there, don't question it, just take the expert's opinion, right there is anti-science. We've never done that. Remember, we used to think it was okay to watch above-ground nuclear testing. We used to think it was okay to smoke while you're pregnant. We used to think it was okay to take cocaine. It's called Coca-Cola. We used to think, right? We used to think Dr. Spock was a pretty good judge on how to raise our kids. I, I can give you a lot of what we used to think, but now we know. We used to think the nucleus drove the cell, but now we know. It's not the nucleus, it's the cell membrane. And so technically we're a community of 300 trillion cells all driven by our environment. And that is the study of epigenetics. The battle's in the mind. And why is there all this fear? Because you're not thinking. It's, uh, it is the patho. Remember we talking about ethos, pathos, and logos yesterday? Pathos is the emotional argument. You are not what you feel. Feelings are a chemical response to what you're thinking about, your breathing, and your physiology, specifically your eye placement in relation to your physiology. But a lot of people think they are what they feel. No, they're not. <clears throat> it's just a feeling. And feelings come and go. But there is a reality. And so this comfort zone is a lie. It's a graveyard. Things go to die in our comfort zone. We should be around people that challenge us. We should be around people that we are the lowest one in the group, that these people are better than us. They have qualities we admire. Why? Because you'll never rise above the quality of the people you hang out with. And so if you hang out with people who are lower than you and people you think you rock their world and you're the big fish in your small pond, you might want to bump it up, buddy. Bump it up, baby and get around some higher quality people because they will pull you up. And so we gotta get out of our comfort zone. That's what my leadership training does. It's a shock and awe. It gets you out of your comfort zone because things die in our comfort zone. Our marriages die in our comfort zone. Our passion for our spouse dies in our comfort zone. Our understanding how blessed we are to have our kids dies in our comfort zone. The appreciation to have access to Mr. Black dies in your comfort zone. It's a blessing. Use it as such. And so we got to push our comfort zone. And I always tell people, I can give you fear's address. It's right outside your comfort zone. And fear's an acronym. It's false evidence appearing real. Dr. Susan Jeffers wrote a great book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. And she's dead right now, but to this day, I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest books I've ever read on fear, and it's tailored toward women, man. But I'm okay with that. The truth is the truth, no matter who it's tailored to or where it comes from. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Fear is nothing more than a chemical response to what we're thinking about our breathing and our physiology, specifically our eye placement in relation to our physiology, because the body releases 63 known chemicals, and those chemicals make you feel. That's what we're talking about. You're a machine. 
and you got to know how the machine works. I'd love to go to one of my good clients, construction workers job site and jump in their loader, jump in their bobcat. But if I were to ask them, they'd say no. And rightfully so. You know why? Because I don't know how to run it. And because I don't know how to run it, not only could I damage that piece of equipment, I could damage the job site. I could hurt somebody and cause a liability lawsuit. So the reason they won't let me, not because they don't love me, not because I'm black, but it's because I don't know how to run the piece of machinery. That body that you were born into is your machinery. You're not the body. That's going to be worm food someday. You're the person inside the body. If I'm driving my orange beetle down the road, you don't wave at me as I go by and say, there's black, the orange beetle. I'm not the orange beetle. I'm the guy driving the orange beetle. You're not the body. You're the person driving the body. And then you have a brain. And the battle's in the brain. But you know what? When you put that spirit that you are, you're not the body, you're not the brain, but you put it inside that body, you that's your tent. That's your tabernacle. That's how you, you show up. That's how you traverse this experience from point A to point B in our flesh. And the mind is you running the brain. And we know those things as mind and spirit. Your soul is your spirit because you have a body, you have a mind, a social aspect to you, and you have a spirit. There's three parts of the human. Your mind is your spirit running your brain. Your soul is your personality. Again, how your spirit expresses itself through that tabernacle, through that vehicle, through that tent. And so got to know this. You, it's just a feeling. Push through the feeling. And as you push through that feeling and you face fear, fear is a liar. Fear is a straw man. Fear goes away. I'm telling you right now, you feel the fear and do it anyways. And so now what used to make you afraid becomes your brand new comfort zone. And so you got to push out of that new comfort zone into that zone called fear. And by the way, beyond the zone called fear is a zone called panic. And that's intense fear. Now, you could function for a very short period of time in that environment. But I would not forge your mail because you will fry your adrenal glands. And I've fried my adrenals many times in life. And it's hard to get your get up and go going when your adrenals aren't pumping. And so the key to life is to keep pushing your comfort zone. Embrace fear. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Dr. Jeffers says three levels down, fear comes down to a simple concept that I can't handle it. And once you realize you can handle it, then you can feel the fear and do it anyways. And my classes are stressful, and I always tell people, I don't want you to reduce the stress in here. I don't want you telling jokes. I don't want you slapping each other. You're not here to reduce the tension. No, you're here to learn how to function in a high level in a stressful environment. And I want you, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, buddies, babes, listen. We've got to use our minds. We've got to be critical thinkers, creative thinkers. You've got to be, uh, be able to explain why you believe what you believe. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Rarely do we find men who willingly engage in hard, solid thinking. There's an almost universal quest for easy answers and half-baked solutions. Nothing pains some people more than having to think. 
Thomas Edison said 5% of people think, 10% of people think they think, and the other 85% would rather die than think. Dr. Seuss, right? Let's put it to Dr. Seuss. Think left and think right and think low and think high. Oh, the things you can think up if only you try. Leonard da Vinci said, he who thinks little errs much. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the man who can make hard things easy is the educator. And we got to be critically thinking. Even Henry Ford said thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably the reason so few engage in it. Carl Jung said thinking is difficult. That's why most people judge. Mark Twain says if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. And Kanye West, I hate to quote Kanye, but I'm gonna. I don't care what people think because people don't think. Atrophy says if you don't use it, you'll lose it. You can't let fear control you when you critically think. When you go into the now moment and you challenge that liar called fear, fear dissipates. Fear goes away because fear, the only power it has, is the power you give it. And after the break, I'm going to show you how to move beyond fear in the mass formation. I'll be right back. I could listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, application, and the battle is in the mind. Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space, and in that space is your power. It is your freedom. That's why this is so important. People are dying out of there. Um, Relations are dying. Hope is dying. Man, we need you to spread the word. This is all about hope. Uh, and we never let money be a reason why we help people. Yeah, we're a profit company. You wouldn't know it. But we help people no matter what. Matter of fact, uh, at uh, when right before my show started, I got this from one of my graduates. She said, good morning, Mr. Black. This is, I'm not going to say your name. I'm wanting to inform you uh, about signing up my best friend for your training in July for Dallas. I remember that you mentioned that you don't let money be a cause for them not to go. Where does she have to be go to be able to go without paying? And it's like, great. I get lots of these texts. Boy, people want to go. But you know what? I, I'm a small company. Uh, I, I don't let money be a reason why I help people. But the problem is if we don't have money, we can't pay a hotel. We can't pay anything. So we let people go for free. But a lot of people take advantage. You know, they're br- driving a brand new Mercedes. They got their third cabin. They're going their fourth vacation this month. They got three businesses. I'm talking to them all doing well. Uh, they want to send somebody. But can you give me a deal? 
Boy, you know, where our heart is, there is our treasure. So please, we need to get people thinking right because people are investing their money on things that are temporal.、Uh, and boy, there's things that are eternal, people that you could help that would make a huge difference, life saving, hope giving. So please like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash LIM radio. And please consider giving to our nonprofit. This allows us to keep LIM radio on the air. And also, we see a need, we meet a need. Go to likeitmatters.net. For $2,500, bucks, two and a half days, I'll change your world. And I'll give you a guarantee if it's not worth every penny, if it's not the best thing you've ever done, you stand up publicly at graduation, say that, and I'll gladly give you back 100% of your tuition. I'm not worried about it. You know, Kidnapped at 16 years old and sold into slavery in Ireland. Patrick prayed daily for his freedom. God answered his prayer and miraculously helped him escape Ireland. Later, God revealed to Patrick in a dream that he should return to Ireland and preach the gospel to the people who had once held him captive. Patrick was a beautiful example of the message of Jesus. While Jesus entered into the world to share the good news with people who would ultimately reject him, Patrick returned to the land of his captivity, knowing the risks, the danger, and deeply held pagan beliefs of the people there. But he followed the Lord's call nonetheless. He stepped in the darkness of this pagan nation to share the light of the gospel with them. God's word spread throughout the entire nation, changing Ireland forever. And he was brutally killed. And 200 years later, started celebrating his life. You know what it's called? St. Patrick's Day. But he was brutally tortured and killed by people he escaped from, went back to to serve. And then a couple hundred years after his death, it was realized what he did. So we've never let other people decide who we are. This country was built on adversity, being the seeds of greatness. Look at Jackie Robinson. Read the story of Jackie Robinson. Read the story of、uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Read the story of Jesus. These are people that had all the unfairness of life thrown at them, and they overcame. And they're huge examples of overcoming. Jesus said, Do not fear, because I have overcome the world, and so will you. But the problem is, the battle is in our internal. There's something called crowd psychosis. You know, with this whole new world we're living with control, the segregation of people and thoughts,、um, basically banning certain thoughts. There is no free speech in America anymore. But there's two great guys, Dr. Matthias Desmet、uh, and Dr. Malone, two people that were world renowned scientists until they didn't agree with the world about the COVID and then they were banned from life. But the psychiatrist, Dr. Matthias Desmond, talked about crowd psychosis, and he says this the conditions to set up mass formation psychosis include lack of social connectedness, look at how we're disconnected, and sense making, as well as large amounts of latent anxiety, passive aggression. Remember, we talked about Dr. Carol and I have talked about all this fear, how all the member of terrorists is the intentional use of fear, and this is what's been going on. The entire world is getting you feared, afraid of a virus, segregate. Someone coughs, you kick them out. People don't have shots, you don't let them go to church. You make kids take shots that they don't need, all because of fear and anxiety. 
And he says that it's key if you can find a plausible object of anxiety, a strategy for coping with, if you could focus all that fear on somebody or something, then many individuals group together to battle that object with effective single-mindedness. That's Donald Trump. This allows people to stop focusing on their own problems, avoiding personal mental anguish. Instead, they focus all their hatred, bitterness, all their problems on one man. Thought and energy on this new progress, on this new object. Uh, as mass formation progresses, the group becomes increasingly bonded and connected through their hatred, through their fear. You got to get this. This is what's going on. We're being played. You got to take control of your mind. Why? Because it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. It's okay to be wrong, but we got to process it. Studies suggest that mass formation follows a general distribution. Ready for this? 30% of people are brainwashed, hypnotized, indoctrinated by the group narrative. 40% in the middle are persuadable and may follow it. No worthy alternative is perceived. So if there is no option, then that's what they go along with the group. There's 70% right there. That's more people than voted supposedly for Joe Biden. Because only supposedly 51% voted for Joe Biden. 30% fight against the narrative. Only 30%. I'm one of those 30%. And you got to be willing to challenge your thinking. You got to be willing to examine yourself. That's the key. Are you willing to examine yourself? Are you willing to consider that maybe, just maybe, you're off a little bit? That's the key. Maybe, just maybe, there might be something else going on. Maybe, just maybe, The problem is not out there. It's in here. A woman was waiting at an airport one night, well, several long hours before her flight. She hunted for a book in the airport shop, bought a bag of cookies, and found a place to drop. She was engrossed in her book, but happened to see that the man beside her, as bold as could be, grabbed a cookie or two from the bag between, which she ignored to avoid a scene. She munched cookies and watched the clock as the gutsy cookie thief diminished her stock. She was getting more irritated as the minutes ticked by, thinking, if I weren't so nice, I'd blacken his eye. With each stroke she took, with each cookie she took, he took one too. When only one was left, she'd wondered what he'd do. With a smile on his face and a nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke it in half. He offered her half as he ate the other. She snatched it from him and thought, oh brother, this guy has some nerve and he's also quite rude. Why, he didn't even show any gratitude. She had never known when she'd been so galled and sighed with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed to her gate, refusing to look back at that thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane, sank in her seat, then saw the book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her bag, she gasped with surprise. Why, there was her bag of cookies in front of her eyes. If mine are here, she moaned with despair. Then the others were his, and he wanted to share. Too late to apologize she realized with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate, the thief. That's by Valerie Cox, one of my favorite poems. 
And let's be honest. Sometimes we think we're giving and we're really taking. I'm sure all of us can relate to times in our lives when we felt absolutely certain our perspectives or perceptions were right, but only to find the truth in a different light. Have you been the cookie thief more times than you'd like to admit? This is where we gotta challenge ourselves. We gotta take control between the stimulus and the response. Emotional intelligence requires self-awareness. It requires self-regulation. It requires motivation. It requires empathy and it requires social skills. And through my background, through neuro-linguistic programming, through cognitive behavioral therapy, transactional analysis, emotional intelligence, multiple intelligence, logotherapy, I teach you how to do this. And then the radio show is a daily reminder so you can be a leader in construction. We're going to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. Go to likeitmatters.net. Get yourself in a class. July 27th through 29th in Dallas, August 17th through 19th in Las Vegas, and August 31st through September 2nd in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You deserve it. Don't let fear be your master. Realize the false evidence appearing real. And you can feel the fear and do it anyways. And that's true success. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.